What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. This is the 12th episode of the Loud Hounds podcast. I'm Bobby McInnes, back with Thomas Spallone, and I'm excited for another week of talking sports. Yeah, Bob, it's great to be back. Um, we just had the Super Bowl this past Sunday. It was an exciting weekend. It was a crazy game, a great halftime show. How about the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I know, Tom. You and I, we were watching that game together uh, pretty much the whole way, uh, frantically on our phones and looking at um, the game as well, trying to get the quickest updates we can as we were streaming the game. So we were uh, probably like a player or two behind. And I remember pretty much the whole game, you and me were just on the edge of our seats. Um, just a great, um, hard-fought game by both sides, honestly. And for a second there, I really thought that the 49ers were going to win. I... We both of us actually pre- predicted that the Chiefs would win last week on the show. And then during the game, I was starting to get nervous. I was like, ah, it looks like the 49ers got this. And then, you know, you can't you can't give up on Mahomes. Yeah, it really did look like the Niners had it. They were up by, I think it was 10, uh, close to towards the end of the game, I think the last seven or eight minutes. And they just kind of got too conservative. I think Shanahan's play calling was too, too conservative with running the ball. And the Chiefs finally got the stops they needed in the giving uh, the ball back with Mahomes with a little bit under four minutes left. It's just you, you can't do that. I don't care what kind of defense you have. And Mahomes did what he did best, drove down the field twice, and they got big TDs, and th- they iced that game with the Damian Williams touchdown. He had a, a nice game with two TDs. Um, great season from the Niners, though. No one really expected this after last year's terrible season. Uh, for them to get to the Super Bowl was great for them. I think they have a great core there with Bosa and uh, Master and – Garoppolo, I think they can definitely get back there, but this year was was all the Chiefs. I mean, their offensive numbers are just out of this world that we haven't seen in a while. And uh, great for Andy Reid to finally get his his first ring as a as a head coach, and uh, Mahomes to get his first ring, and maybe we could see a, a new dynasty upcoming in the NFL with this uh, Kansas City Chiefs football team. Yeah, you know, Tom, I've been seeing that a lot on social media and in the news, um, particularly particularly on um, ESPN and, and NFL Network, they're saying, you know, is this the Chiefs' time? Like, can they become what the Patriots were and build this dynasty and continue to win moving forward? And the simple answer is yes, obviously it is possible, but is it probable? I don't know. And Tom, I think uh, we were talking maybe a couple nights ago. Um, I believe it was after the Super Bowl Sunday night. I told you, I said, I honestly believe Patrick Mahomes, who I believe he's 24 years old, um, already won MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I think that he has the potential and the talent to be better than Tom Brady by the end of his career. Obviously, the wins are going to have to be there, and he's going to have to do that by taking a pay cut like Tom Brady did. And, you know, you made a good point that players just don't do that nowadays, and, and they have to go for the money. And honestly, I can't really blame them with all the injuries. you got to protect yourself first. Yeah, I can definitely see him um, being up there with, with one of the GOATs, Tom Brady. Uh, he, he's got to keep winning, though, one ring under his belt already. But, yeah, taking a pay cut would be huge for the Chiefs. That would give him a lot of a lot of room. But you just yeah, it's, you just don't see it anymore. Uh, Brady was kind of a one-of-a-kind one of guy there doing that. But uh, if Mahomes could possibly do that, the Chiefs can maybe get a few upgrades on D, and they can create a, a real super team in the NFL. And I think they can go on a, on a great run these next few years because – Right now, their offense is definitely the best in the league. Um, Tyron Matthews playing great on the defensive end, and you really can't guard guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and and Mahomes is just a, f- a freak of nature at quarterback. So if he could take that pay cut, that'd be huge for the Chiefs, but we'll see. I mean, they'll probably offer him something ridiculous. So 
Time will tell. Yeah, I know. You mentioned so many other players besides Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is the type of player where he could probably take a team to the playoffs single-handedly, but all these extra weapons just make them so much more uh, lethal as a team, and that they give them the opportunity to really become a dynasty that people kind of want to see and, and become almost like the, the Golden State Warriors of... Uh, the NFL, if you will, and you just surrounding so so much talent on one team. Um, I think that that's something that they can do. Um, it's definitely going to be difficult though, because like you said, Kelsey's top player in his position, Tyree Kill, top player in his position. Tyran Matthew, they got for, you know, somewhat of a decent deal. Um, but when his contract comes up, he's gonna be looking for big money. So uh, there's a there's a lot of talent on this team, and um, like I said, it's it's kind of gonna come down to Mahomes whether he wants to chase his money or if he wants to be the goat. It definitely definitely will. And looking at the 49ers for a little bit, I, we were watching ESPN today, and uh, they were talking about maybe the Niners wanting to go for Brady. But I really didn't. I don't think that makes much sense because Garoppolo is a game manager. He's not putting up any crazy stats, but I think he's definitely well within uh, a chance to win a Super Bowl. He just he just needs to make the right decisions and finish down the stretch because he wasn't able to do that in this past Super Bowl. But going for a guy like Tom Brady who's getting towards the end of his career I don't think would be a smart move, especially when they, they signed Garoppolo for big money and there's no – there's no point in doing that, you know? Yeah, I was I was puzzled when I saw that um, headline as well because this is a guy, Jimmy Garoppolo, who rarely ever loses, in the regular season at least, and took his team to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. I mean, co- like, come on. I mean, you can't talk yeah, about replacing a, a quarterback who just took his team to the Super Bowl. I mean, if anything, I think that that just solidifies his role in San Francisco and, uh, for the next few years and if he keeps winning perhaps he'll he'll be their um their quarterback for the rest of the decade yeah i think i think he definitely will be and to touch on brady for a little bit i mean obviously right now the favorite is for him to go back to new england but i personally think that he can definitely go somewhere else i mean people were saying that he that he's not going to go to the west coast but i think there's there's no doubt that he could go to either the the la chargers or maybe even the Las Vegas Raiders now. I think they're called the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Moving to Vegas. But I don't know. I mean, he can definitely go back to New England because that's where he's been his whole career. But it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Yeah, I think New England's definitely going to be the favorite for um, landing spots. And you've seen other um, former NFL great quarterbacks. Joe Namath came out and said um, that he believes that Tom Brady should just stay in New England because, um, as we know, I believe Namath went to the Rams at the end of his career, um, didn't really do much, and kind of just was almost forced to hang it up. Um, Joe Montana came out and said the same thing. He thinks that Tom Brady should stay where he is and just, you know, solidify that legacy that you have in New England. Don't try to uh, make something of yourself that you're not when you're 44 years old. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's, it's ridiculous that he's even playing um, as good as he, he is at this age. I mean, I know that his numbers are down compared to what he used to put up, but for, for being so old, um, for a quarterback at his position, for really any player. I mean, you only really see players over 40 at, what, the kicker position, maybe a punter? Yeah. Um, so just the level that he could still play at. Uh, I, th- I think it would be really interesting if he goes somewhere else and you can see, you know, how Belichick does on his own and how Brady does on his own. And I think pretty much all fans, except for um, people up in New England, really want to see that, you know? Exactly. Um, It'd be interesting to see. But obviously, New England Patriots fans, they don't want to see Tom Brady leave. He's given them so much. Um, but we were actually talking to 
uh, our friend Christine. Her father is a New England Patriots fan. They live uh, in Massachusetts, and he was saying, you know, you really can't get mad if he does leave. Um, it would kind of suck if, you know, Tom Brady left and you could see him play for another team, but you really can't get mad. He brought you six Super Bowl rings. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, no, you can't be mad at that. It's, it's the guy's own decision at this point, but I know New England's going to do all they can to get him back, and obviously they want Belichick back there too. See if they can get one more run at a, at a ring or two, but it'll it'll be interesting to see what what comes down to that. Well, yeah, I mean we've seen Belichick. I'm not going to say he tried to replace Brady, but he's always had backup options. Jimmy Garoppolo, who just played in the Super Bowl, um, obviously was traded because Brady was still playing so well. They got good value. Jacoby Brissett. Um, now they they have Jared Stidham now, I guess, but I don't think he's the answer. Um, so in that case, do you? See the Patriots making a move for quarterback um, this off season. If they, obviously if Brady leaves, they're going to be in the market for uh, quarterback via trade, uh, free agency, or the draft. But say Brady does stay, um, you got to assume he only has maybe one or two years left. Do you see them drafting a quarterback now and trying to fill that void that they have, um, or yeah, what's the if, move? If if they do keep Brady, I don't see the rush to to draft because then you still have the, ne- the year after this coming draft and and you saw free agency so I still but if they don't resign Brady then I think they definitely need to to get someone through the draft and if they don't resign Brady and they have Stidham starting for them next year I th- I think they should might as well just tank the whole season away and go for, go for Trevor Lawrence and then you have Trevor Lawrence for the next 15 years as your quarterback you know? <laughs> I don't see that happening I mean come genius. on it sounds a lot like you're playing Madden right now in like a, a video game and that's only in like a perfect scenario, you know, like, oh, let's just tank and Lawrence. And what are the odds that they go from Brady to Lawrence with no gap in between? I mean, that would just be typical Patriots luck. That would be unbelievable. But I really don't see that happening. I mean, tanking the NFL is, is not that easy to do because any given Sunday, your team can go out there and win. You only play 16 games, whereas in the NBA, you know, you play 82 games and you can pretty much control whether... Like if you want to lose in the NBA, you can lose. But sometimes in the NFL, even if you try to lose, your team might end up winning. As we saw, Miami Dolphins kind of caught fire towards the end of the season this year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's obviously a long shot, but if you have Jared Stidham as your quarterback, I haven't really seen much from him. It's it, he's not a great quarterback, but their defense is solid enough where like they're not yeah. There's still too much than, talent on that yeah. team to to really fully tank, and you know that uh, Lawrence is probably going to go to a team um, that's probably picking in the top five this year because it's hard to just turn around like that. I mean, the 49ers did it, but they also had you know Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt last year. They made some big free agent um, signings to the defense, and they were able to turn around in one year. But um, most of the time, you don't see teams doing that. So you know. The, the teams that are going to be going for Lawrence is going to be those uh, teams picking towards the top of the draft this year that don't take a quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's your hundred percent correct. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. But uh, we also have a guy, Teddy Bridgewater, that's going to definitely go somewhere else, and because he deserves to get a starting job somewhere. Yeah, no, I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot actually. He, um, when the Jets signed him, obviously, when well, you know I'm a Jets fan, when the Jets signed him um, before drafting Sam Darnold, I thought that was actually a really good move. It gave the Jets a lot of flexibility whether they wanted to start. They had Josh McCown at the time as well, um, and it gave them three quarterbacks whether which they want to start. I mean, ultimately, Sam Darnold won the starting job um, and became, I believe, the youngest quarterback to start Week One at the time, and. Um, 
just I I I just think signing Teddy Bridgewater was such a good move, and Sam Darnold actually has said in the past that he's learned a lot from Teddy Bridgewater just the few weeks that Teddy was there. And then when you see Bridgewater this year with the Saints, I mean, did he did he lose a game? I'm pretty sure he went five and zero, six and zero. Yeah, I think. He um, so yeah, the the Saints didn't even skip a, skip a beat without Drew Brees when Teddy Bridgewater was playing. So this is a kid who I think um, could be very good. And let's not forget who he was before the Jets signed him in Minnesota. He took that team to the playoffs and then had the tragic injury the, the following um, season during training camp, I believe, um, that sidelined him for the entirety of the season. So that really changed his career because he was going to be the starting quarterback for the Vikings and uh, for probably years to come if that injury never happened. Yeah, no, he was promising coming out of Louisville. He was a, a big uh, guy that everyone thought was going to be like a great player until that tragic uh, knee injury. But, yeah, I hope the guy finds a starting job. He should get one. We'll see how it plays out. Hey, where do you think he ends up? I think Oakland's a possibility. They mentioned giving up on Carr. I don't think they really like Carr right now. But um, I don't know, maybe Panthers. But I don't know if – yeah, it's it's tough. But uh, I don't I don't understand how the Bears still have trust in Trubisky. I think they should be looking for a QB. But um, – I think they already said that they like Trubisky, so yeah, I know. I, a few plays that we yeah, I agree. The Bears need to move on from Trubisky. I mean, they traded up. Um, they selected him at, I believe, what, pick two? What yeah. did he go in the draft? It was, high. it was pretty high. It was very high. Um, drafted before Mahomes, before Watson. Obviously, the Bears made a mistake. Let's not double down on the mistake and have this just drag out even longer. I mean, they have the, they just traded, for, they don't have a first round pick this year because they made the move for Cleo Mack. Um, that defense is really good. Uh, I believe Eddie Jackson, um, along with some other good secondary and their offense isn't isn't too bad besides the quarterback position we talk about uh well trey burton was hurt this year but he's a pretty solid tight end Allen robinson Allen robinson good uh anthony miller's a young wide receiver they draft yeah yeah gabriel um yeah exactly and then you, you you have the running backs dave montgomery i think they hit on him in the draft and Tariq cohen as of right now so I don't know. The Bears, they, they need to fix that quarterback position. The longer they wait, the longer that, the more likely that they'll miss their chance on the playoffs. Exactly. You can't waste all that all the years on that good D that they got. Yeah, so we'll put a pause on the football talk for now. Um, football is obviously the sport that, you know, we follow, I'd say, the most. And obviously, I mean, it's America's sport. It's it's such a good sport every week. Um, there's something new to talk about, even in the off season. So we'll definitely make sure to incorporate it in our podcast in the future. But I think now is the time where we're going to start to transition to basketball um, as we get into college basketball is really starting to heat up. Uh, the tournament's coming up soon, as well as we're going to have baseball coming up in April. So uh, without any further ado, you want to talk a little bit of uh, college basketball before we close out the show? Yeah, for sure. Right now, it's really heating up in the um, in conference play. I mean, we got about a month left until the the selection Sunday, which I'm I'm more than excited about. But uh, right now, I think we have a clear a clear number one in, in Baylor. I mean, this team really hasn't really lost a game in a while, and they're they're on a, a good tear. They went into Kansas and they won. Uh, they've been underdogs about this whole season, and now they're number one. So they've they've done the the talking and they've done the, the playing that they've had to do. And uh, I like this team right now to win the tournament. But uh, this year's just been crazy between all the upsets. Um, Kentucky losing to Evansville a, few, a while ago. Uh, Duke losing to SF Austin. Just these teams were, have been getting upset uh, day in and day out. 
So uh, I'm more than excited for the tournament because I think it'll be the same thing in the tournament. These small schools will will get upsets, and it's just it's great for the sport. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the college basketball has really been fun to watch this year with all the upsets, like you mentioned. And one team, you know, you have you usually have the big dogs, Kentucky, Duke, um, usually UNC, who's terrible season this year um, but one team that I want to say is Dayton they've obviously had good seasons in the past but this is the first season uh, in quite a few seasons that they're really back to you know top tier they're actually ranked sixth uh, right now and I think that they've kind of flown under the radar yeah they definitely have um, I haven't really been heard a lot of talking about them uh, this season that much but they I haven't followed them a ton but I saw that they played Kansas a few weeks ago, and they only lost by like two or three. So if they're if they're fighting with the top dogs like that, I think they can definitely get make a, a tournament run. But yeah, this is the best I've seen Dayton in maybe forever in the top ten because I know they've they've been in the tournament a few years and they fight. But this is a top tier Dayton team that I haven't seen in a while. But uh, in your opinion, what do you think of the best conferences this season? I don't know. We were talking about this the other day, and I think that the Big Ten um, has really made a strong case for best conference this season. I mean, pretty much everybody is playing really competitively. A lot of depth there. Um, yeah, a lot of depth. You saw Rutgers this year kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Illinois very good team. Penn State this year very good. Um, so yeah, Purdue is up there. It's Iowa, yeah, they're good. yeah, Iowa. It's it's very exciting to watch. I also, I mean, I love the Big East. Um, obviously, I mean, I follow St. John's um, and Seton Hall, being from New Jersey. Uh, and that's just a great conference. You know, Villanova is obviously up there right now with Seton Hall. And uh, but we, you know, we saw how many upsets. There's three Big East upsets in one day, I believe, the other day. Uh, on Saturday, I think it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I would definitely make the case that the Big East is the second best uh, conference this year because you look at the ACC. It's really just Duke because Syracuse has been hot of late, but overall record isn't anything to, to show but about. Clemson's struggling. North Carolina's having a historically bad season. Florida State's been good. But, uh, yeah, the Big East on Saturday, I think Seton Hall lost at home to um, Xavier. Uh, Nova lost at home to uh, Creighton. And Butler lost at home to Providence. So it was just a crazy, crazy Saturday in the Big East just to add on to all these upsets. And, uh, yeah, I do, I do like some of those Big East teams. Uh, Villanova has always been competitive this past decade. Never sleep on them when it comes to tournament time. And, uh as you said, Jersey basketball, Seton Hall has been uh, had a great season. They're in the top ten. Um, I don't know. It's it, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the tournament's gonna be interesting. Like to see all how all the seating works out. Just because I feel like everybody is very at least in the top twenty five. There's a lot of teams who are kind of evenly matched, and then you also have teams like San Diego State, who's undefeated, ranked fourth right now. Um, usually, I mean that conference is really um, not Four. yeah not the best, but tw- they've beaten some good teams. And twenty three and zero is is something to be proud of. Pretty much, I think I believe they're the only undefeated team left in college basketball. Um, so I mean they are probably deserving of the one seed right now, but if they lose one or two games, they can drop uh, a lot tremendously. Yeah, because their competition isn't isn't a one. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, right now, I think, yeah, you can't sleep on Gonzaga, too. They're, they always make good run. Um, 
I'm hoping they can maybe break through this year and maybe get get the the championship that they've been trying to get for years. But they're always in the mix into the Elite Eight, close to the Final Four. So there, there's a lot of top, there's no top dog this year, as you can see. Like last year, the clear favorite was Duke, and even they didn't win. Yeah, no. uh, they had those three NBA uh, prospects: Zion, Barrett, and um, the shooter uh, Reddish. So that's what I'd really like to see. How there's no top guy. This this year in the in the bracket, so it's going to be really, really even based. I feel like, you know, um, do you have any like teams that you think that can really make a splash in the tournament or not yet? Because honestly, right now we're still about a month out. We're not sure. Some of those teams who we think could make a splash might not even make the tournament. Exactly. Um, and then other teams who are really hot right now might fall off. But is there any team that you want to keep an eye out on? Yeah, uh, definitely keep an eye on. I'm being a little biased here, though, because I am a Kansas fan, but I would definitely keep an eye on the Jayhawks because when they're playing their best basketball, they're a top a top four team to win this tournament, top three maybe. But the problem with them is they're just an in- inconsistent team. They can go out one night and just dominate the other team, and then they can go out another night and play down to the competition like they've been doing lately to Texas, Texas Tech, and, and having close games and almost losing them. But uh, I would keep an eye out for Kansas, and I really like Baylor. This is the best Baylor team I've ever seen uh, following the Big 12 a lot since I'm a Kansas fan. Baylor's usually not uh, a team that can go on the road into Kansas, which is a very tough place to play, and win a game like they did earlier this season and then have an undefeated Big 12 record. I just, I've never seen this before from, from this Baylor team, so I'm really intrigued by them. And I definitely would not sleep on Louisville, who started the year as the number one team. They've dropped off a little, but... They haven't really lost a game in a while, and I really like those three teams. I'm hoping San Diego State can give us a good run. I haven't seen a lot of them this season, but being undefeated, they got to be close to the real deal, you know? Yeah, no, Tom. Um, a team that I really like is Auburn. They've been moving up. Uh, I believe they were ranked either I – be- I think they were ranked 17 last week. Now they're 11 um, with the new um, poll coming out every Monday. And – Led by Coach Pearl and Samir Dowdy, um, their backcourt's really good. Like I just mentioned, Dowdy and Javon McCormick have been playing really well together. Um, their bigs aren't bad as well. Isaac Okoro is uh, second in their team in points. And their team that you just see, like they fight till the end. I, mean, they, I believe they went into double OT the other day. Uh, we were watching that game. And they just never give up. And you could just see how bad they want it. Um I think that they're a team that can definitely make a splash in the tournament, but we'll see what type of seed they'll get. They'll probably um, get a, a favorable seed, probably a three seed or a two seed. Two so. or three, I'd say. Yeah, they really shocked us all last season. I mean, Auburn being a big football school, but we haven't seen much from their basketball program the past few years. But last season, man, they came into the tournament and they really lit it up and they, they knocked out Kansas. I'm pretty sure they, they made it to the Elite Eight. I think they lost in the Elite Eight, but... They had a, a great run, so I think they can, you're right, definitely do some damage if they get into the tournament. McCormick's a great player. Uh, Pearl's a great coach when he used to coach for uh, Tennessee. He's got great experience, so, yeah, definitely don't sleep on the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, another team that I love is Iowa. We saw their, the other day their game against Illinois. It was a really good game, um, 18 seed versus 19 at the time. I believe Iowa jumped up to 17 now, though, and they're led by center Luca Garza, who's Honestly, he might be one of the best big men in college basketball, um, and you could definitely make that argument. The big can hit it from the outside, as he proved um, in the last game against Illinois, and they really run through him. He's very gritty, gets a lot of rebounds, uh, and scores a lot in the paint. And this is a kid who can single-handedly 
take this Iowa team um, probably to at least the Elite Eight. And that that could be a bold statement, but they should get a favorable seed. Um, I think that they'll get at least a five seed, maybe a six seed. Um, but yeah, Iowa is a team to watch out for. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think Garza, you could make the case for is the best player in the Big Ten. Um, he's a great big. Uh, yeah, I could I could see them getting around a five, maybe even a four if they if they can get hot. But uh, yeah, Iowa's always a great team in the tournament to watch. They got good shooting. I uh, I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, because of the strength of the Big Ten this year, you're right. They they might actually get um, a four seed just because of the competition that they've been playing you know in the past big 10 teams they don't always get the the highest seed just because of the competition that they're used to playing but however most teams in the big 10 this year are are, like you mentioned there's a lot of depth with you know Rutgers um, Iowa um, Indiana's a good team Um, Nebraska not as much but Nebraska is usually not bad in the past so it really depends year in year out and Ohio State I think has the potential but they're a bubble team right now because of their inconsistency they, they went on a four game losing streak they were they were ranked and now all of a sudden they're unranked and looking outside of the tournament and they might not get in just because of all the all this depth that we're looking at right now in the big 10 standings yeah there's a big game between ohio state and michigan tonight and, and for ohio state they're on the road and um that's a must-win game for both teams um michigan is 13 and 8 they're without uh levers for a while um their best player and ohio state is 14 and 7 now and like you said they're kind of on the outside looking in i think that they'll like come march they'll probably end up in the tournament uh however you know they, they're definitely a team that if they start to slip any further they're really gonna they're gonna be in hot water we'll because be they yeah so big game for them tonight another game tonight that i see here is tennessee alabama two teams who are not really having the best seasons you know tennessee you know they lost a lot of players um but they should not be 12 and 9 they they that's a little bit embarrassing for them yeah no they made a great run last year in the tournament i know they did lose uh schofield one of the best players in college basketball last year but yeah, to have this kind of record at, at, at with Tennessee, who's usually pretty competitive, it's it is disappointing for them. And uh, yeah, the SEC we haven't really spoken a lot about, but they've been pretty competitive this season too. Uh, Kentucky's always great with uh, John Calipari coaching them, and uh, I think that's another team that can make a run in the tournament. Kentucky, they got uh, Maxi and Hagen's running the point. Uh, they have Richards at the at the big position. I think. You can't sleep on the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, no, their matchup tonight is Mississippi State, who's I actually I do like Mississippi State. I think that they've been kinda hot lately. Um and they're not they're not a bad team. And I'm looking here now, um, on my phone, the ESPN matchup predictor gives Mississippi State a thirty three percent chance of winning. They are seven point underdogs. Um but I, I <laughs> I just want to say now, they do have a chance to upset tonight against Kentucky. Yeah, they are a sneaky team that I haven't really followed a lot this season, but looking at that 14-7 record, that's respectable coming from a team like Mississippi State. So that should that could be a good game. Yeah, we got a lot of good games tonight uh, for ranked teams. Yeah, one more that I just want to point out before we close out the show is um, Penn State versus um, Michigan State. So Penn State's they're ranked twenty second, uh, and Michigan State is sixteen. However, this game has an eight and a half point spread. ESPN matchup predictor only gives Penn State an eleven percent chance. I mean, I know they're on the road, but I think that that's a little bit absurd for a Penn State team who's been playing so hot lately. True. I personally don't think Penn State should be ranked, just because of that that conference record six and four is really not not anything to brag about. But um, they ha- you're right. They are hot. Um, 
they did lose to Rutgers this season, but Rutgers at the rack has been undefeated 15-0. That's beside the point. But uh, Penn State, you're right, that is very low very low percentage to win this game. I think partly it has to do with Michigan State being home and them coming off that big loss at Wisconsin. They really th- they, they think Michigan State wants this game badly. Um, but I think that's another great one in the Big Ten to watch out for tonight. Penn State can't sleep on the Nittany Lions this season. Yeah, just comparing some of their matchups, uh, just about four games ago for Michigan State, they lost to Indiana, whereas Penn State beat Indiana two games ago by a score of 15. So... Being eight and a half point underdogs, I don't see how that's fair, um, especially since, like I said, Penn State's hot. They've won four in a row. Four in a row. They're looking for their fifth on the road now. Um, I don't know. That's definitely going to be a great game. There's there's a few good games tonight, Tom. There are. Yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah, so we'll have to make sure we'll continue this talk um, next week. There's a little bit going on in the NBA. Our Knicks, they, they fired their uh, ba- head of president of basketball operations and uh, – that I don't even know if they're going in the right direction anymore, Tom, to tell you the truth. Terrible, yeah. I, I really don't see this this uh, organization turning it around until until Dolan sells the team. But a day uh, a day and a half before the trade deadline, and you and you fire your your president. I, I don't understand. I've never seen someone do that before. But they hey, might. It's the Knicks. They might be the worst franchise in all sports. Right now, you can definitely make that argument. Um, I'm a little upset, but yeah, I I can't talk until the Knicks are good again. I really can't. <sighs> It is what it is, man. It is. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you to Graycom Studios. Always, it's a pleasure recording in here. Um, this was Loud Hounds episode 12, and we'll be back next week, hopefully doing some vodcast, um, and we might have a special guest. So until next week. Yeah.